everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we've got a doozy for you today. That's right, for those of you that have not read the news or do not follow any pieces of social media, the Oscar nominations came out this morning. That's right, the 2022 Academy Awards released their nominees. Uh, interestingly enough, and something that I did message <laughs> I did message Disney about, uh, still waiting on a reply, but uh, they had them live on Disney+. Plus. They were also on ABC and uh, Hulu Live, obviously because Disney owns Hulu, but I found it very interesting that they streamed it live on Disney+. Plus. And I actually, believe it or not, I had a very early day today, so I actually got up I didn't watch them, but I just wanted to see what it looked like because Disney has been so um, kind of against streaming things on Disney Plus, and it doesn't make sense to me. Look, I've been in the football game this year. I've been in it for a while, but this year I really got into watching football thanks to all the streaming services and the big spots where they play these games are uh, NBC, right? CBS, ABC, and Fox. And so NBC streams all of their games on Peacock. Uh, CBS streams all of theirs on Paramount+. Plus. Fox does not stream anywhere, so they're just on the Fox channel. But then the football games that are on ABC only stream on ABC, yet Disney owns that channel. So my question is, well, why don't they stream there? Okay, you may answer because probably it's streaming on ESPN+, Plus, which you're probably right. Either there or NFL+, Plus, right? But what about the Oscars? Also, always streaming on ABC. Every year that, that comes out on ABC, which is owned by Disney. So to hear that they were going to be announcing them on Disney Plus really fascinated me. I was thinking, ooh, is this going to open the door for some of our dreams to come true? I know we had talked about them live streaming their Hall H presentation for Marvel, live streaming D23. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. And I, I got to tell you, and, and you know, Bob Iger at this point, uh, first off, congratulations on coming back. Hopefully, uh, these next two years fly by for you and you're able to get back into your retirement. But I just want to point out that I would pay $10 in the same way that I paid, what was it, $29.99 to watch Black Widow on Disney Plus, right? All you had to do is click the button and it automatically charged the credit card on file. If you charged $10, shoot, you could probably charge $20, but if you charged $10 to allow people to stream uh, D23, to allow them even just to stream Hall H, to allow people to stream the Oscars, you would make a killing. You would make so much money. Uh, anyone would, I, most people would definitely pay for that. I know I would. Uh, and so when they came out, I went on and they had the option, you could either press play to stream it live or you could start it from the beginning. And I just clicked it on live. There was a couple people that were doing some commentary on it and it was crisp, clean. The streaming was great. Uh, that's a that's a slight to Paramount Plus. They still have a lot of work to do in the um, the 1080p 4K space. Uh, not that great on a TV, but the point remains they the the, um, the cracks have been formed. Right, we've got this now. Are they going to stream the Oscars this way? Well. All signs point to no. <laughs> right now, the only way you're going to be able to stream the Oscars is if you've got ABC through an antenna cable, uh, which I've got, thankfully, uh, but also you know Hulu Live, YouTube TV, all the places you'd be able to watch your local stuff. But come on. To me, Disney Plus seems like an instant win, especially for the, the pockets of Mickey Mouse. But 
With that in mind, let's dive into this, guys. We've been waiting all year for this. The uh, The Golden Globes just ended, and uh, I did watch them. I thought they were great. Uh, I was, I personally was very impressed with them. I was not on social media the entire night. I just watched it. And I think I, I maybe live messaged with a couple of people. Uh, and then eventually I was just watching it uh, on Xbox with my cousin. And uh, it was really fun to be able to do that. Again, think about the watch parties that you could have with everyone who has Disney Plus to be able to stream at the exact same time, get your headsets on and live chat while it's going on. You'd change the world. But regardless, I really liked them. Um, they called out a lot of issues at the very beginning. I thought the host was awesome. He did a really good job. Uh, at the same time, I think there was definitely a concerted effort by the HFPA, or at least the way that they worded it, to uh, to distance themselves from some of the controversy that they had. But the host did a pretty good job of trying to bring some of that to the forefront. Um, I liked the way that it was. The speeches were great. There was a lot, of, a lot to love and a lot that I hope the Oscars take from the Golden Globes, especially feedback-wise, because I saw too afterwards, a lot of people didn't like the Hollywood, this uh, the Golden Globes. So hopefully the Oscars are a little more exciting. Based on these nominees, I think we're going to be in for a very similar experience, uh, and we'll dive into that. So first thing I want to call out are totals. So the most nominated films for the Oscars this year, we've got Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, with five nominations. That's incredible. Uh, especially one of them, which we'll talk about. Top Gun Mavericks got six, uh, tied with Tar, that also has six. The Fablemans has seven. Elvis has eight. The Banshees of Inishirin has nine. All Quiet on the Western Front has nine. You'll remember I said that's going to make uh, some waves. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once has Everything Everywhere <laughs> All at Once with 11 uh, nominations, which is incredibly impressive. So let's dive into these categories. I'll provide a little bit of commentary on some of these. Uh, and I, like I said, I've been really waiting for this list because there's a couple films in here that I have not seen yet. And I wanted to ensure that I was only going to watch the ones that were best picture because a lot of these are ones where typically probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch them. But now uh, I'm going to have that last ditch effort, which I believe the Oscars is, it's at least in March. I can, uh, I'll get the date right now. I think it's March 24th, Oscars 2023. Um, yes, March 12th at 6 p.m. I'm assuming that's a Sunday. But uh, let's start out. I'm looking at this list. We're going to start with the big one, best picture. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front, well-deserved, happy for them. Avatar, Way of Water, while I personally wouldn't put it on a best picture list, I'm fine that it's there because due to the, the, you know, the technology used, the, just the, the sheer box office blast that it has had, I'm happy with it being on there. I'm just glad to see them nominating some box office darlings. Uh, the Banshees of Inishirin, we knew that was going to be on there. Elvis as well. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Of course, though, part of me wondered for a moment that uh, that would not, wouldn't make it especially after what happened at the Golden Globes, but it did. So congrats there. The Fablemans is there as well, as is Tar. And then we have three new ones. Top Gun Maverick, another box office blast. Uh, Triangle of Sadness, which I looked up, is uh, two hours and 37 minutes long or 27 minutes. It's a long movie, um, but I'm going to try to check that one out. And then Women Talking. 
which I'm also really interested in as well. Um, the concept seemed kind of like a Handmaid's Tale sort of situation, though I think it might be based on real life. And it's directed by the lead actress from Dawn of the Dead, from uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, which is really cool to see. I was very happy to see that she's, uh, she's still taking care of business. So uh, next we've got... Um, well, and I guess we'll talk about snubs and surprises at the very end. So we've got directing. So five in this category. We've got Martin McDonough for Banshees, Daniel, uh, the Daniels for Everything Everywhere, uh, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, and Todd Field for Tar, and then Ruben Ostland for Triangle of Sadness. Honestly, that's the only surprise in this. The rest of them, I think, were, were locks in that sense. Um, actor in a leading role. We've got Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Uh, and I only know about Living because if, if any of you get the chance to check these out, every year on YouTube, or I guess it's through their sites, but I think it's The Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Vanity Fair, they'll always put on a Actors on Actors um, presentation like round table and so they'll do ones where it's a group of maybe five of uh, actors or five actresses uh, or directors too or writers and then they'll do one-on-ones as well uh, and I you know I always watch as many of those as I could this group is all well it's not all of them but Austin Butler was in it Brendan Fraser and Bill Nye was in it so I got to see some clips from living it looked interesting it's about an old man who's coming to the end and, and wants to live his life I'm not sure what After Sun's about. I, I am not familiar with that movie. So hats off to Paul for being able to pull that off. Um, actress in a leading role. Uh, we've got all the usual suspects here. We've got Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna Diarmas for Blonde. That's kind of a surprise, but also she did an amazing job. Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie. Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. Michelle Yeoh for EEAO. EEAAO. Uh, Again, I think most of those, the only one there being the surprise would be the one uh, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie. Again, another film that I'm not familiar with. But uh, there's always going to be a few on here. Again, the, the Academy skews very indie and, and things that not a lot of people have seen, things that maybe aren't even in theaters yet. Uh, but let's move into the supporting roles. So we've got actor Brendan Gleeson for Banshees. Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, another film that I have not seen didn't even know about but holy cow huge shout out to brian tyree henry for that that's his first nomination for an oscar uh and i'm sure well overdue i've seen many of his things and he is always um in top form whenever i see him judd hirsch for the fablemans barry kilgan for the banshees of inishirin so there's barry's getting a, an academy nomination too though i think he may have already had one and then kihi kwan for everything everywhere all at once uh so again well deserved he, I, I saw he just he just posted something and said now he will forever be known as an Oscar-nominated actor, which uh, is just love that for him. Love that for all these nominees. Actress in a supporting role. Here's the big one, guys. Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Wow. That is the first Marvel uh, non-technical category, basically the first person uh, nomination, right? We've gotten a Best Picture for Black Panther, and then the rest of them are usually technical categories. Makeup and hairstyling, uh, VFX. We've not had any actors, actresses, in a supporting or whatever category, so that is huge. She has, and again, talking about cracking the cracking the floodgates open, she's doing that, so congrats to her. Hong Chao for The Whale, 
Uh, so that'll be exciting. I haven't seen The Whale yet, but I'm, I'm again, I will be seeing it before this Oscars. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inishirin. And then two more EEAAOs for Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue. So, uh, again, you're seeing just that, that sweep of what... Hey, we already talked about it being the best movie of the year in my eyes and in my brother's eyes. So uh, you can just see this is this movie has captured the audience. So next up, we've got writing for an adapted screenplay. So this is adapted. This means it was based on something else and uh, adapted for the screen, uh, which is interesting on one of these. But we've got All Quiet on the Western Front, obviously, right, based on a prior film, uh, which was believed based on a book. Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Uh, which beyond well-deserved. I, uh, I know we haven't really gotten to talk about that film on here except for the last, uh, that Best of Movies episode, but one of, probably my favorite thing about that film was the script, so I'm really glad to see that there, but I'm surprised because I thought it was an original script, so I'll be curious to see, is it maybe because it's based on the prior film, which would be fascinating to me because... If Ryan Johnson created the first one and he's creating a second one, technically that's still an original screenplay, but I don't know. I don't know what their rules are. Living, which is that Bill Nye movie. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, which I do not think should be there, but hey, I'm glad it's still being recognized. And then Women Talking, so that's cool. Uh, and then Writing, original sc- original screenplay. So again, made up out of thin air. Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere, The Fablemans, Tar and Triangle of Sadness. So again, you're looking at almost a full sweep of the Best Picture uh, nominees from this spot. Next up, we've got cinematography. So how the movie is filmed. Uh, this is one of my favorite categories. This is one of my favorite things about film is the cinematography piece of it. And so, uh, you know, things like uh, whenever Chivo gets involved in something, that's uh, usually always on here. But here we've got All Quiet on the Western Front. So again, and remember, that's a foreign film. So this movie's been nominated three times now, or I guess it's going to be end up nominating eight times. But um, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. No idea what um, that's about. I'm going to have to look into it, but hey, you know, that's cool. Elvis, uh, Empire of Light, which I believe is that Olivia Coleman movie, and then Tar. Uh, really looking forward to seeing Tar. Have not seen that one yet, but um, that's at the top of my list because it is nominated so much. Animated feature film. We've got um, almost all the same again from uh, the Golden Globes. Uh, Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Um, if I got my way, it would be Turning Red that would win, but we'll see. I have a feeling it's probably going to end up being Pinocchio since, uh, well, hey, Pinocchio won Golden Globes. So music, original score, all quiet on the Western front, Babylon. So there, we're getting a Babylon nomination. Still haven't seen it, but, um, wanting to, though I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but you know, there's certain movies where they get really hyped up at the end of the year, right? Babylon, Fablemans, Tar, uh, the whale and part of me always is like well if it gets nominated for best picture i'm gonna check it out so that i can at least i want to be knowledgeable in all of these areas but if it's not then it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off because i'm like okay maybe i don't need to hurry to go see this movie though i still really want to see babylon i i love damien chazelle i know there's been some some negative press around it or some negative reviews but i um, really excited for that one banshees 
Everything Everywhere, and The Fablemans. So that's an exciting one. I uh, I don't know if I'd give it to Everything Everywhere. Maybe I would. I, again, I haven't seen the other the uh, Babylon or Fablemans, but All Quiet definitely had a really good soundtrack or score. Uh, next one's music, original song. We have Applause, Tell It Like a Woman. Uh, I'm not sure. It doesn't say what movie that's from, but uh, I, if I had to guess, maybe, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to guess. <laughs> Hold My Hand from, to- oh, no, the movie is Tell It Like a Woman. Uh, I thought that, was, you know how songs are with their parentheses, but um, so Applause from Tell It Like a Woman, Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. So, hey, look at that. Lady Gaga is now Oscar nominated, though she already was. Uh, Lift Me Up, Rihanna, Oscar nominated now. Congrats. And Thames. Uh, not to, not to from RRR. That one's very exciting. And then this is a life from everything, everywhere, all at once. I really hope this goes to RRR, just like it did in the Golden Globes, because RRR was not nominated for a foreign film, and we've got to get some recognition for that phenomenal movie. Production design, how the movie is made. This is uh, sets, design, building, uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you've got All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. I think that's a pretty solid list. Film editing. So again, how how's the movie cut together? You got Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everywhere, any Everything Everywhere, Tar, and Top Gun. This is an easy win for Everything Everywhere because uh, that is one of the things that I vividly remember from that film. For any of you that have seen it, if you're wondering, you know, what exactly, if I could point to something that's editing, think about the scene with Michelle Yeoh where it's constantly flipping through all of the different universes that she's in, where it's the camera is focused on her face but the background changes every that's editing that's multiple clips all being spliced together it's just phenomenal uh documentary feature film so um here's where things get a little dicey for me i usually don't see any of these but all that breathes all the beauty in the bloodshed fire of love a house made of splinters and navalny and then documentary short film elephant whispers haul out how do you measure a year well, it's with with a calendar. I, that's why it's a short film. I'm sure that's all that. The, <laughs> I actually would love to see that one. I wonder if it's only. It's got to be like a minute long. Some guy says, "How do you measure a year?" And the other person says, "Well, you could use a clock. You could use a calendar. Uh, I think that's it." Uh, the the Martha Mitchell effect and Stranger at the Gate. Uh, we got international feature film. So we've got All Quiet on the Western Front again. Why is that movie nominated for international and best film uh, when RRR is nominated for nothing? Argentina, 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. Now, I'll point out, I am 99% sure Argentina, 1985, won the best picture for our best uh, international film for the Golden Globes as well, if you're, you're keeping track of that. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. Now, this is honestly like if I, this is a perfect, uh, perfect smattering. Uh, what I've wished more Marvel to be in here, sure, obviously, but All Quiet on the Western Front. If you haven't seen that movie, the makeup and hairstyling is insane. I mean, half the people are covered in dirt and. How are they do that? I have no idea. The Batman, obviously, right? Same with Black Panther. Elvis, same way. But then, you know, the whale, too, with everything they did for Brendan Fraser. 
Visual effects. We've got All Quiet on the Western Front. Shocking that that's in here compared to some of the other stuff. But you've got Avatar, Batman, Black Panther, and Top Gun. So that's a. I think that's a stacked list as well. I could certainly point to some, like Multiverse of Madness. That would have probably been good on this list too. But again, I'm not part of it. I'm just glad that we're seeing, and we'll talk about this at the end, just more recognition for some mainstream movies. Um, costume design. So again, makeup and hairstyling, think of that, you know, the face and, and the body, so to speak, costume design being the clothes. So Babylon, obviously, Black Panther, Elvis, E-E-A-A-O, everything everywhere, and then Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, which is a movie that I've only used as a joke. I have not seen it yet, but I'm that movie's on Peacock. So I might, but am I just going to check that out for costume design? Hey, last time that was, um, Cruella was in costume design. That was well-deserved. So I wonder if Mrs. Harris goes to Paris is similar to that, or if it's more like Emily in Paris. Um, is it Emily Harris going to Paris? Who knows? Animated short film, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. No, that aren't, that isn't four. That's just one. The flying sailor. (laughs) That'd be funny if it was four. Uh, I, I would know the Academy is rigged if that if that was the way that it was. But we got The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, My Year of Dicks, An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. Uh, okay, sounds great. And then uh, live action short film, An Irish Goodbye. Uh, I know all about those. Uh, Valu, Le Pepiu, or Le, Le Pupie, uh, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. And then the last one is Sound. So you think about it, it's, you know, you know, you know what sound is. You're listening to it right now. Uh, All quiet on the Western Front, though. Again, <laughs> quiet's in the name of this uh, this movie. So I don't think there was any sound in that movie because it was all quiet. Okay, uh, I'm being told to get off the stage. Avatar: The Way of Water, Batman, Elvis, Top Gun, Maverick. You'll notice, just as usual. Um, a lot of the similar movies get nominated in these technical categories like sound, costume design, visual effects. Um, well, costume design and makeup and hairstyling are a little bit different, but those are your nominees. So uh, my thoughts on these. First off is, um, like I said, very similar to the Golden Globes, which I'm I'm happy for because as a guy who's always analyzing data and looking at trying to guess who the winners are, uh, this is going to be an interesting one to see are those same winners who won in the Golden Globes going to carry over into the Oscars since the nominees are so similar? Or is there going to be a surprise dark horse that shows up? Something like a, uh, who are some of the people we talked about? An Andrea Riseborough for to Leslie, so to speak. Um, so that's the one thing. But then the other thing I will point out is, is Avatar and Top Gun being nominated for Best Picture. Obviously, the first Avatar got nominated as well, but Top Gun is huge. That's a really big deal that this movie, again, think what you want about the movie. I loved it. I thought it was really dumb fun. It was the perfect movie theater experience. But how often do perfect movie theater experiences uh, make it to the Oscars, right? In most cases. And this is something that I've tracked since I cared about the Oscars because it frustrated me so much. In most cases, some of these movies aren't even in theaters. They're movies that you can't watch, right? Um, I, I will always remember the year that, uh, I think it was uh, Slumdog Millionaire one. I was in high school and I was so mad at that movie because I kept saying, how can a movie win when it isn't even in theaters yet? I think after, it was right before the Oscars maybe that it got um, put out in theaters, something like that. And obviously it was one of those cases where it was released in a couple of theaters in LA or New York. I know how the rules work. 
Um, but I just don't like seeing that because, again, when we're honoring these films, um, for most of these films, obviously there's passion projects, but for like an actor, right, it's it's a job for them. Obviously, again, there's passion projects that they take, but to Joe Schmo, Top Gun Maverick is no different from Banshees of Inishirin. They're coming to work day in and day out, working on that film, spending a lot of time. The only difference that I might argue is there is infinitely more people working on Top Gun Maverick or working on Avatar than there are on a very small movie, something like Banshees of Inishirin, where there's not as many. Again, just from a high-level look, um, so sometimes I get bummed when things like Triangle of Sadness make it on here and I go, I've never even heard of this movie. But again, this group of people is slowly moving into, uh, I guess you could say, a more inclusive atmosphere. Um, they've gotten a lot more, I think what they say, like 9,000 people are a part of the Academy voters now. Um, they've worked to diversify that lineup quite a bit and we're starting to see that. Are we where we want it for most of us? Maybe not, maybe not yet, but when you've got Top Gun uh, being nominated for Best Picture, when you've got Angela Bassett being nominated for Black Panther, uh, when you have Everything Everywhere All at Once being nominated 11 times, to me, I think I think we're in the right direction. I think we're moving in the right direction, and the final test is going to be this uh, the presentation of the awards because the nominations are half the battle. Sometimes these award shows, they well, sometimes they always run long, um, some of the speeches can be a little hokey, uh, and if they pull off what they did with the uh, Golden Globes, I'll be impressed because a lot of those speeches were incredibly heartfelt. I really hope we get to see Michelle Yeoh, Kihi Kwan, um, Angela Bassett all coming up there and giving just as powerful a speeches as they did last time. Hopefully, honestly, I would love to see um, – and maybe that's what I'll, I'll talk about real quickly too because um, if I'm picking just for the um, the top, I guess you could say, categories – I'd obviously give everything everywhere all at once for directing, no question there. But for actor, I'd be okay if Brendan. Fra- I, I, honestly, I'd be. I'm rooting for Brendan Fraser in that one because he did not win the Golden Globe, and there's obviously controversy there because the the Golden Globe, uh, the president of the HFPA, groped him, and um, he spoke out about it and got blacklisted. So I have no love for the HFPA in that regard. Um, so I think he earned. He's earned this. I mean, he's he's been working hard his whole life, so to speak. Actress-wise, give it to Michelle Yeoh. Please give it to Michelle Yeoh. For actor in a supporting role, I love you, Brian Tyree Henry, but please give that one to Kihi Kwan. And then for supporting role, you know I'm rooting for Angela Bassett. So um, those would be my picks from that regard. Um, And then the last thing that I will mention on this is um, the Oscar snubs. So obviously, we all have those things that we wish were nominated, um, yada, 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 but... Um, I'm not here to argue that uh, Multiverse of Madness should be given X, Y, or Z. No, these, these I would like to think these are going to be neutral suggestions, things that almost everybody could have agreed on. Um, so we'll see what you think. First one is, again, RRR for Best Foreign Film. I'd honestly have been okay with it being nominated for Best Film, just like All Quiet on the Western Front was. But... If I can't have that, I at least wanted it nominated for something. So I was kind of bummed about that. Uh, The Menu. Surprised that The Menu did not get nominated for anything. Uh, Even if it was just a Best Supporting Actor nomination for um, Ray Fiennes, uh, I'd have been okay with. Here's a big one. Um, Kind of shocking, honestly. The Woman King. Uh, You've got 
uh, easily best actress, best supporting actress, best picture, best cinematography, uh, and it wasn't nominated for anything. So I don't know if they're best director. Shoot, I'd give it to Gina Prince Blythewood all day long um, if that was a pick. But that's hold on, hold on. That brings up something else. Daniel, Stephen, Todd, Rubin. Nope, not a single female director in the directing category. So that's interesting. Also, not a single female in the actor in a leading role. So I don't know what's up with that either. But in all seriousness, um, there were some really great uh, female directing uh, gigs this year. And The Woman King is definitely one of them. So that's a huge miss by them. I'm shocked. Maybe they didn't see it. Uh, How about this? Best Actress nomination for Amber Midthunder for Prey. I'd have loved that. We could uh, toss out Andrea Riseborough. I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she did a great job. But have you seen Prey? It's on Hulu. Uh, And then also maybe we could make some room uh, for uh, Mia Goth in Pearl. Anyone? Uh, I mean, this is a tough list. Like I said, I think the only one I'd kick out would be Andrea. Um, But So yeah, we'll see. And then the last one is The Northman, one of my other favorite movies this year. But we didn't get anything for The Northman. I would have put that for Best Picture. Uh, best actor for Skarsgård, best score, and that's the interesting piece because I think Hilda Guanadotter did the score for, um, well, she did the score for Women Talking, if I'm remembering right, um, but she also did the score for this, and the Northman's score is insane. So those are my overall thoughts. Again, um, is the list perfect? No. Is it ever going to be perfect? No, of course not. If you were the one who made the list, it would be perfect, but you've got a body of 9,000 people voting. So if you've got 9,000 people in a room and they came up with this, I'd say they're on the right track, right? They're, they're, they're getting there. One day we're going to get that. Um, we're going to get a best picture nomination. Well, we already did for a Marvel movie, but how about a best picture win? That'd be great. I'm, I'm, Maybe Secret Wars will get that, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, who knows, though, right? But that's where we'll wrap things up. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, the Oscars are on March, uh, what was it, March 16th? March 12th, 2023, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be on ABC, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, that'll be fun. So tune into that. Uh, we'll certainly be talking about it after it's over. For Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you at the movies.